0: Welcome to the Whiskey and Lemon podcast. This episode is all about accepting situations for what they are so that we can come to terms and move forward in life. As this episode continues, please keep in mind that this discussion is all about things we cannot change, like having an annoying coworker, the pandemic, a mistake we made, losing a job, losing a loved one, et cetera. We're going to focus on ways to do our part with these situations and realize that it's not something we can control, like drinking more water to stay hydrated, eating healthier, getting adequate sleep, or finding ourselves in constant conflict. There are some major things that I do to help me accept situations and not allow loss of something I want or think I need to affect me beyond control. Number one, I do not make what I have or do define who I am. Let me explain. I am a creative consultant and a podcaster. But those things do not define me. If I could no longer do consulting or my podcast failed, I would be okay because those things do not define who I am. They are things that I enjoy. They are things that provide me income, and they are things that I do to help others, but they do not define who I am. So if I lose one of those things, I am still myself. The things that matter the most to me are my family, spirituality, health, peace, and overall meaningful relationships but let's even dive into that a bit more. I'm a daughter, a sister, an aunt. At the risk of sounding morbid, we know that sickness and death are parts of life. So me being those things are out of my control. If I use one of those familial relationships to define who I am, I won't know who I am without being one of them. Of course, I value those titles and value those relationships as it brings me joy, but it can't be my sole existence. Let me give you a very concrete example. You work as a business manager for a very big firm. You've worked there for years and it has become your identity. Working for this company has become your life and you allow it to define who you are. Then imagine that you lose that position for whatever reason. You're furloughed during the pandemic. You can't perform the responsibilities needed, relocation, whatever the circumstance. It is completely natural to feel a sense of loss as this role took up a large part of your life. But it's just a thing that you had. It was a job that you held. It is not you. Another example and something that I learned from a good friend of mine is in regards to health. She talks about her experience with cancer. She was fully aware that she was not cancer. She had cancer. I've gone through depression, but the subtle change in words to say that I was experiencing depression that day rather than saying I was depressed really changed how I viewed it and how I tackled it. Saying I have some fat or I have extra fat when evaluating your health and goals really helps give you a better mindset and confidence to tackle things versus saying, I am fat, or even joking with friends to say, I'm so fat and gross. Whether you realize it or not, how you speak to yourself sits with you. What you have and what you do does not define who you are. Number two, I try to use whatever is weighing me down as a source of fuel for something better. If I made a mistake, I try to correct it and learn from it. Let that drive me to do better. If I'm struggling through a tough time, say this pandemic, for example, I use that to fuel me. I'm utilizing the time stuck at home, sadness of not seeing my family, financial hardships, decrease in exercise, and a lack of sociability to help me find creative ways to either combat those feelings or to find alternatives. I am grateful for the chance to be at home and not constantly out and rushing and not living in the moment. I have found more creative ways to spend my time with my family extending my practice of reflecting on what I'm grateful for that day with my mom and sister, family facetimes, and reflecting on what we will do when we do see each other. I've dialed in on my work and what areas actually bring me joy. I started this podcast. It helps me to connect with you all as well as bring awareness to topics and let other people see that they are not alone. Lastly, I have discovered other ways to get my exercise, home routines and yoga, which I can continue to take advantage of for my overall mental health. Number three, I mentally compare how my life would be if I held on to something and sat in guilt, sorrow, or anger versus if I accept it for what it is and move on. Don't get me wrong, I think there's a level of grief that needs to be felt. We have our emotions that we need to feel to heal. Ignoring them will only make things worse. We are allowed to be angry over things that we did or that were done to us or that simply just happened. But we must have a balance. We can allow ourselves to feel things without it consuming us and also blinding us and ultimately affecting our actions. You have to analyze how you are spending your time. If you're around people that are negative and angry, then that will rub off on you. It may not be as obvious as you think, and that can be the most dangerous kind because you don't even realize it's happening. It is hard to remain grateful for things that we do have if we are around people who are always complaining and never satisfied with what they do have. There are times when we need to be selfish and realize that we are the average of the people that we spend most of our time with. Starting to think, my life isn't that great, is it? When there are always things in your life that we can be grateful for. Think about your work. Make sure that, one, you are taking on a job that you can have some sense of peace and happiness in versus something that can drain you of those things. It's not always the easiest thing to do, but this is a great example of accepting what is. If you cannot leave a job behind right now, then in this moment, you can accept the role that you are in for what it is. The parts that you can appreciate as well as the parts that may stress you out. And then let those negative feelings go. You may have one or multiple coworkers that frustrate you or multiple in-laws that get under your skin. Once you realize that this is just the trait of the people that you must be around at certain times, and accept that this is their behavior, you can let it affect you less. We can't control those around us, but we can certainly control how much we let things bother us, as well as how we can let it not phase us versus letting it consume our mind and alter our behavior. We control what we let bother us. You can also let feelings of resentment, grudges, and embarrassment weigh on you. And really, it does nothing for us. Have you ever heard the saying, it's like cutting off the nose to spite the face or taking rat poison and then expecting the rat to die? Holding on to these types of damaging emotions will only affect us more than it would the other person. The best way to not be consumed by these things is to work on remaining unfazed. Living your life with peace, happiness, and the eagerness to grow. These are the types of things that we can allow to define us. Our integrity, our peace, our grace our resilience, and our ability to have humility or meekness. Seek to learn. Be eager to learn more about yourself. Try new things so that you can discover more of what you do and do not like. What things make you happy and excited and what things bring you down or cause anger. Sometimes the things you enjoy doing are not always the things that are the best for you, nor are they the things that actually bring you peace and enthusiasm. Be eager to learn about those that you care about. What things actually cause an abundance of excitement for your family, friends, or partner? What things can you do to push yourself outside of your comfort zone? What things can you do to help your loved ones do the same? What is one thing that you would absolutely never be interested in doing simply because it seems boring or because you're completely shut off to the idea? Not something dangerous, just something that you'd think, I would never do that because I'm completely disinterested or I'm resistant to even giving it a chance. Don't worry, I'll wait. So what would happen if you actually did that thing? What really is the worst that could happen? You discover that you were right, that you aren't interested, or maybe you discover it as something you would find interesting. Are you really losing anything by giving it a chance? Something else that I do to combat feelings of sadness or frustration or simply annoyance is by seeing my ability and strength to not be phased as a challenge I can overcome while also enjoying that process along the way. Appreciate the moments that can make you laugh and that are good for you. Focus on the aspects that you cannot change and accept them for what they are. Distance your mental and emotional state from the parts that do not serve you. And focus on what you need to get done. Here's what I mean. If it's work and colleagues that frustrate you, appreciating the moments that make you laugh and are good for you can be as simple as finding quirks in that colleague's personality that you can just laugh at and brush off rather than allowing it to affect your mood. Relish in being able to laugh about it and burning off the calories. Appreciate that you have a job and let that part go. Focusing on the aspect that you cannot change and accepting them as the simple fact that you not only have a colleague that may be annoying you, but also realizing there's also just going to be some people that annoy you. And that's just life. We can't change them all. And if we could, we'd have no patience with people otherwise. Focus on today. Figuring out how you can use these techniques to get through the day with a positive outlook and peace will help you to build that resiliency for days to come. In the end, all we can do is move forward. And we want to make sure that we are doing that intentionally. We want to make sure that we are not so worried about the days ahead, that we are depriving ourselves of the days we are currently living. Here are some benefits to accepting what is. Number one, you will have more faith in yourself. You are in control of your happiness, and this alone will build confidence in you and your strength. Number two, you will think more rationally. Once you are able to fully accept a situation, you will have a more logical and clear view of things, allowing you to not waste time on wondering why something happened the way it did, why someone is behaving a certain way, and instead focus on your own happiness and how to make wise decisions. Number three, you will be less stressed. And worried overall by knowing that you are moving through life with acceptance and peace. Number four, you will be happier. Moving on from a situation or at least how it affects us is essentially what we want. So by putting these practices in motion, we are doing just that and allowing ourselves to truly find happiness. Number five, you will have more energy as you will not be expending so much energy on things that you cannot change. Number six, we will see our strength. And that eventually will help us to not only see how resilient we are, but will motivate us to continue to adopt these habits the next time we are faced with an obstacle. Number seven, you will become more adaptable by adjusting to changes in life with an openness to feel and grow, as well as adapting to different personalities with graciousness and compassion. Number eight, your overall health will improve. Mental, emotional, and physical. The way we allow things to affect our psychological state plays more of a role in our physical well being than we might realize at times. Go back and listen to my episode, Protect Your Health, if you haven't already. Number nine, in addition, this will allow you to reevaluate other areas in life where you may have unhealthy habits so that you can readjust there as well. And number 10, your overall mood will improve, your personality will become lighter. Others will notice, and you will also get in the habit of treating yourself and those around you better. Here is how we can tip the scale and accept what is. Number one, be realistic. Unfortunately, we are used to complaining. We expect the best, and when things don't go as planned, our whole day is upside down. Maybe you get the same coffee every morning, and it just so happens that this morning they ran out of the milk that you like. Does that really have to ruin your entire day? Of course not. Yes, it may seem like you don't have the time to do it because we all move so fast these days, but try this one technique and I bet you it will work. Once you see a difference, maybe you can start using it more. Write down what you are feeling right now. Stop what you're doing and write down your frustration. You will slow down the adrenaline and have a chance to really analyze the situation. When you notice that you are writing down words like never, always, worst, ever, you can bet that is your exaggeration emotion coming out at full speed. Do you really always lose your phone? Of course not. Perhaps you misplace it more than you'd like, but it doesn't happen every day. Are you never going to find a solution to your problem? If you feel that way, is it possible that you're just resisting help? Remember, asking for help and accepting help are two totally different things. Don't allow these temporary feelings that you are giving permanent labels to the ability to permanently affect your mood. Number two, find the bright side. Once you tip the scale and snap out of your negative state, you should be seeking the positive. For starters, is it possible that the thing you are feeling so negative about may not be what it seems? Think about it, talk it out, rationalize. When things are going well and your mood is good, This is relatively easy. When things are going poorly and your mind is flooded with negative thoughts, thinking positive can be a challenge. That's okay. It is about doing your best to focus on the positive. Think about your day and identify one positive thing that happened, no matter how small. If you can't think of something from the current day, reflect on the previous day or even the previous week. You can also think about an exciting event you are looking forward to. Focus your attention on that. Replace your negative feeling with a positive one. Number three, be grateful. Research conducted at the University of California in Davis found that people who work daily to cultivate an attitude of gratitude lowered their cortisol by 23%, causing them to experience improved mood and energy as well as substantially lowering their anxiety. Consciously shifting negative thoughts that you have to positive ones may be a challenge in the beginning, but the more you implement the behavior, the more natural it will become. By being grateful of the moments that you experience, the more positive you will be. Before you complain about something, find something positive to mention first. This can essentially keep you from complaining. Saying the positive out loud can help you to realize how minor the negative actually is. Along with using these practices to accept what is, also set goals for yourself. Whether it is something as simple as not complaining about a big change occurring in your life for a day, Even an hour, if that's a big change from your current routine, do it. Set a goal to incorporate yoga or reading to refocus your mind, whether in the moment of frustration or at some point in the day, either before stepping into a negative environment or afterward to de stress. Or if it really is affecting you, maybe it is best to incorporate something before and after, even if it is 10 minutes of yoga before work and then 30 minutes afterward. As always, I hope this information was helpful for you. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, please subscribe and leave a review.